As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that vocal shouting, it's Dainer Dave Ninimitz. It's Dainer Dave Ninimitz. All right, welcome into the latest edition to hear that podcast. Growlin, Paulie Hunter Jr., and Dave Ninimitz of The Athletic. Excited to be with you here on a Tuesday. We're back from the bye week. We are back, baby. Did Ready you to rested? go. You all rested up? I don't know. Is it, That's like what you got to ask. <laughs> like, what if I didn't? I mean, what if, I actually didn't really get all that much rest. You know, hmm. it was kind of did, a busy week did you, at home. Did I had you a lot actually... Of did you actually see your family for a week in the NFL season <laughs> for a change? I did. I saw them when they weren't like, oh, okay. Can you read me a bedtime story? <laughs> yes, it was good. Yeah, that was that was great. Big big family weekend. So all all things were exciting on that front. I hope you enjoyed not having to like edit a story at between 10 o'clock oh, p.m. No. and midnight. I, I am both the Broncos and Packers editor. So I got them both in one game. Needless to say, they all came together at one time. So I still had some stress in there, yes. but I was all right. And that time was 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. No, thankfully, it was a normal hour. Those, That's those good. Guys, I got some good guys on those teams. So. Yes. There's not, not like no quit. Uh, I mean, Nick, Nick actually, <laughs> Nick Cosmider in uh, in Denver. Thanks, by the way. Nick Cosmider <laughs> in Denver, who I need to be talking to about a topic that we're going to be talking about later. And that's why I probably shouldn't even be talking to Nick Cosmider in Denver about Samaj <laughs> P. Right. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, promos, what we got coming. Of course, Mo is going to be here. It's Mo Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back. I want to talk a little bit with Mo about um, expectations for the rest of the season and this next next stretch and the schedule and the state of the AFC North a little bit. There's a bunch to get into there after a big weekend for the AFC North reasserting itself as, hey, maybe this is the best division in football. Right, not not the outcomes the Bengals wanted to see. No, we have some of those bye weekends where where it's like, oh, everything fell perfectly into place. Yeah. This is the exact opposite of that. But especially <laughs> that Browns. The Browns had no business winning that game. No, and they pulled it out. And good lord, Miles Garrett is not of this planet. You might need to talk to Mo about that. Is Miles Garrett an alien? An alien? Ooh, yeah. good question. Yeah. Don't don't worry. I've already got a nice little <laughs> nugget for Mo in the alien section that I tracked down yes. and I'm quite excited about. Yes. Uh, okay, so we'll have that. Um, Thursday podcast is going to be a little later on Thursday. Um, I've got a special guest and working him into the schedule required uh, a little bit of finagling. Uh, and so it's going to be later, either Thursday night or you'll see it waiting on you Friday morning. But don't worry, it will be worth it. Uh, I'll leave that guest a secret, but I'm excited about it. Uh, and of course, we'll have uh, our, our guy Dave Lombardi in uh, San Francisco will join us to talk about the Niners, the state of them coming off their loss last night on Monday Night Football in Minnesota. They've gone from world beaters to losers of two in a row, and they return home to face the Bengals, and they're angry, according to Matt Barrow's story today uh, in The Athletic. We'll get a little bit more into San Francisco here in a second. Uh, but first, let's go news. Uh, not a ton of news. The Bengals are not very newsy right now coming off the bye. 
Uh, they didn't talk trash or yell anything <laughs> or trade for Kevin Byard or anything like that. Uh, Orlando Brown Jr. was not at their practice. They returned just a little easy one-hour practice yesterday to kind of get back into the swing of things inside the stadium. Orlando Brown Jr. did not participate, but no big deal. Just an extra day of rest. No reason to bring him back early uh, coming off his groin injury. He says he will be good to go this weekend. Um Ted Karras is now selling the Cincy hat as in beanie form. Oh, really feels like that's going to take over. Like it's it, the hat and all the merch has built to this point where it's just dominant. Of course, all money going to his charity, which is fa- fabulous how much money he's raised for them. Uh, but now the beanie, it just feels mm. like, man, everybody loves a winter beanie. And now you throw the Cincy hat logo on top of it. I think it's going to, it feels like it's about you, to explode. You know, the bucket hats coming in the spring. Mm. Yeah. Everybody like, are you are you not a bucket hat? Guy? No, no. I'm look, way, look. way too old to be wearing a bucket hat. Maybe it's coming around now where the olds are allowed to wear bucket hats. Cause I, <laughs> I'd wear a bucket hat. I don't know. I'd look goofy, but I'm okay with it. I feel like I just need to embrace I, it, that. I feel like it'd be good coverage, like the urban yeah. sombrero. It Very would just much so. be uh bucket hat's um, good for training camp. I always yeah. I always wish I could be a bucket hat guy at training camp. Uh all right, enough of that news. Uh <laughs> uh, let's uh so I have a piece up today on the trade deadline and um, you are going to hear uh, many trade projections, trade ideas. What about this guy? What about that guy? <laughs> trade for everybody right over the next week. That's the NFL. This is that time. It's great. I love it. It's a content machine. Crank it out, baby. Click, get those clicks. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Hit the frenzy. Right? So that's fine. That's great. And the Bengals, On the surface, absolutely, unequivocally makes sense as the perfect trade candidate. They have a couple clear non-premium needs. They had a team with very high expectations, a roster built to win now. Cap space. Cap space, third most cap space. Two comp picks coming next year that they can use extra draft capital worth dealing. And a team that has disappointed but is still right there. Just need to fill a couple of those holes, right? Third down running back, tight end. It's obvious. We've talked about this. Mo and I went into the philosophical rant last week. Um, And Smaj P. Ryan, right? Like, reunited and it feels so good. You know, you could go all the way to bringing him back to fill the role they still haven't filled. We've talked about all of, we know all this. Okay, that was in the philosophical statement and the and the opinion and the ranting last week. I'm moving it to news, Dave. Mm-hmm. Can can we talk about the news of this? Let's do it. It's not happening. <laughs> Pretty simple. Yeah. I, so if you are like looking and there's another people the Bengals could trade for or the best possible trade candidates in the NFL or everybody on our site is writing about who their trade candidates are and teams that they are selling. That's great. Don't I'm just, I'm not trying to take away clicks from my people. Okay. <laughs> but you don't need to read it. I suggest you go for a walk. <laughs> nice okay? It's not, if it's a nice day, rather than read another possible trade, go for a walk, take in some air, get some th- freedom of thought about other things in your life call a parent or a friend that you haven't (laughs) talked to in a while use that time in a better way because for the Bengals, it's just it's just not happening now dave you know what people say yeah well you never know they're changing right yeah and they are they have changed i credit them as an organization, they are very different. They have changed in many ways in recent years. Um, the way they spend in free agency, the way that they market themselves, the way they value the fan, what they've done with facilities, um, the way they approach things on the field, the way they hired a head coach. That's great. Okay. But they really haven't changed necessarily as a personnel department. They view it, and I think this is fair. They've been pretty good at building pretty deep rosters for a long time. Say what you want about playoff success before Burrow got here. They've had deep rosters. 
They've done a good job of having a lot of, you know, shoving a lot of value into those rosters. I still think 11 to 15 is one of the best cases of roster building I've seen in this franchise's history, certainly, and was one of the best of this era. And so they've been, they, they've been doing that and they do it through the draft and through holding on to draft capital and getting more picks and, and hitting on a good number of those. And that means having a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and so that's good. That's their philosophy. It's, it's who they're going to be. And they've never needed that philosophy more than now in their mind, because that's the only way you properly offset the franchise quarterback tag. I mean, the yeah. money. Yeah. But I, I think that's the flip side of it for fan. I mean, you, you know this, but the frustrating part is to watch the teams you're competing with, especially in the AFC being so competitive, going and making those moves while you stand pat. And as much as, you know, we, everybody believes the, the whole time Joe Burrows here is the window of opportunity. This is a really prime window of opportunity that they have with this roster. So, you know, I, I think that that uh, that frustration from the fans or that, that eagerness to see this happen is so warranted. But you're right. It's just not going to happen. And uh, <laughs> again, the going for a walk advice is good because you can keep hoping and hoping and hoping. But the odds of it happening are so slim. Yes. Yeah. You know, but you, you sit back and you kind of think it's a bit of a shame because you're going to watch other teams pick up very key pieces. And you look at a team like the Eagles. Eagles who are so aggressive getting guys and they're still roster building pretty nicely. So um, it, it can be a bit of a head scratcher, but it's not worth really yeah. wasting your energy hoping for. And that's it. That's why I view it much like we took it on last week as a philosophical discussion, because I, I do preface this in the column I have up today, sort of outlining where things stand, it is a for better or for worse. The league has changed. The Bengals yeah. philosophy that they're currently on is in the minority now. And there were 22 teams involved in trades at the deadline last year. I mean, there, there's just not a sit pat on your, you know, on your dupas, on, yeah. your, on your butts <laughs> and not do anything. Sorry. We use dupa around my house. So I get used to, uh, you know, and, <laughs> at what age can you just start telling your kid they can say ass right like <laughs> I, it, it happens organically yeah all right we're we're, yeah. we're still in the dupa stage yeah so but you know you you that's a difference like it you this isn't necessarily the way that things are happening anymore and it's that's fine like that's the way they want to go but it's it's not just that you're not making the deal it's the team that you're playing against did and and if you're not getting better you're getting worse Duke Tobin's always had a philosophy that has been clear. He stated it many times. He's not going to sacrifice what he believes is potential to have a high value roster in future years for the, for the now. The point here is there, no one's asking you to go get Brian Burns, right? No one's asking you to trade for, you know, some big, you know, give away a third or a second round pick. Like we said, you're, you're talking about really late round pick capital that you have extra of with your comp yeah. picks yeah. to, to either deal the pick comp picks or know that you're not, you're still going to be picking in that round or you're just picking a round or two later. And, and so it's not like you're, you're losing there, but, um, and again, th this, I hate saying never because you never know. And, and I want to point out, there was a comment below my story that, well, we didn't see Orlando Brown coming either. And look what happened. That's true, but they did know they were going to spend money. Yeah. Okay. It, it was just things really changed when they couldn't get the guys they want. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible. Now, they could, they could surprise us, but the indications right now are there are zero plans of that. Do you have any feel, though, that once the dust settles after the trade deadline, that maybe they go out in the free agent market again? We've talked about yeah. Leonard Fournette being a guy you maybe bring in to, to bolster the running backs. There's, I'm sure there's other tight ends floating around out there that you could maybe give a shot at. Do you think that's something they would look at after this when they see what their, their competition has done to bolster the teams? Or do you think they just continue to go with what they've got? I doubt that there's an, an addition like that. I mean, again, there's, they haven't, they have $12 million in cap space. 
but yeah. I think a lot of that is probably viewed as a rollover that they probably spent thought they were going to spend either on Higgins or some other extensions or their earmarking for those things potentially. Whatever comes next, they have a lot of guys up next year um, that will be part of needing to, to, to keep as much of this thing together. Again, continue to have high-value, deep rosters around Burrow, and eventually it'll break your way, being the concept here. And I think some of that is earmarked. For that. So the idea of taking on, um, I don't know what Leonard Fournette's going to want. He's held out this long. I don't know if people believe in playoff Lenny. How much of an upgrade is that? Yeah. You have to learn your system and get gain Burroughs trust. There, you spent all this time talking about there's trust. Cer- there's certainly just a splash value that it's like it's yeah. like Hul- it's like Julio Jones signing. What are we doing? Everybody who had him as a fantasy star three or four years ago is excited about that, and he's probably not going to do a whole lot in Philadelphia. Washed. So it's uh, it's the Bengals could bring back lines. AJ Green. Would that like be, would that be good? Were people excited <laughs> about that? I mean, it's the same. What are we doing? Yeah. It's so it, there's making a move for the sake of making a move. Okay. But I don't know that it's the sake. Of, I mean, we're, we're talking about positions that are definitely their shortcomings right no now. Question. I it's just, the options out there. I know aren't going to be great on the free agent market. I'm just curious if, if teams that they're battling in the AFC make some moves before the deadline, if, if that maybe prompts them to go look and see who's out there. I'll wrap this conversation with one thing that, you know, Duke Tobin has used in, helping to turn this into a more rational conversation when I've talked to him about it in the past. And you've probably heard me say this before. And I've written it in the column. I've written it a bunch. He, he don't his point. Is don't, don't think of that pick as pick two Oh four, right? Think of it as the, of the person. Okay. So the question would be if it's a six, if Samaj Piran is a six round value, would you trade four years of Andre Yoshivash for the rest of the season of Samaj Piran? Would you? Probably. Maybe not. I mean, people are excited about what Yoshivash is. He's a six round pick. Yeah. Uh, four years of potentially a guy that could be as high as your number three receiver, maybe. Or, I mean, who knows? I mean, he seems to have a lot of hope for him would you do that and i think that's something when you more ask yourself and that's how they look at the value i mean that that value of an andre yoshivash potentially or or any starter on a rookie contract is how you offset your quarterback contract and so that's that's part of the thing here that said when like let's let's Go yeah, win. I mean, to, to win. And to that's me, why, like I said, for better or for worse, I, I yeah. totally get, I mean, the argument of making deals, uh, it's today's NFL. You kind of need to participate or be left behind. Okay. You yeah. got to go for it a little bit. No one's asking you to sell out. No, it's not F them picks. I know it still yeah. can be cuddle them picks and you can, <laughs> and, and you can, you can, you know, not play the, the other game and still do both a little bit. Yeah, I just I feel like that notion of don't look at the pick as is the pick and look at it as the player or the person feels a little bit like you're just hanging on to lottery tickets and hoping they pay off. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yoshivas could be great, but you're you're banking on that being four years and he just keeps getting better and better when you maybe have the chance to win right now. Hindsight's gonna be 2020 on this. And if it if it all works out for the Bengals, then tip of a cap to them, but if they end up getting buried in the conference because everybody else got better, that's not going to be a good look. What if it's Trey Hill or Chris Evans or Hakeem Adeniji? I'm yeah. just going through those six rounds. Or somebody named Deshaun Davis or Rodney Anderson, Travion Williams. You keep Rodney Anderson's name out of your mouth. Sorry. I I feel bad. I loved Rodney Anderson. His story <laughs> was great. His, his, was. Knee, his knee was not. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Wilson, Jordan Evans, Cody Core. Deron Smith. I mean, you go back. Yeah, these are these are contributing backups. And we, you know, there there's value, there's value there. I get it. Um, and those are the names to think of when you're thinking about, or you know, somebody of a P Rine type who can come in uh and fill a role for you that might help you win a game that could put you in the playoffs. And this team is thinking probably sneak on in right now. It's kind of part of you know, where they might be. But uh, to sum up, just go take a walk. Don't think about it anymore. Take a walk. And uh, I we I did a segment on Fox 19, Jeremy Rao, 
had me on this weekend and uh he, we were talking about this and I sort of did this like this cuddling them picks move where I was like they just want to hold them like little you, you ever seen you know of course because we have to do our our 90s movies reference Tommy boy you know and he's like it's my little <laughs> I want to love it and caress it right yes and so I, that, that's how I viewed it he like cut it of course and put it out there mm. and so I don't know if hashtag cuddle them picks <laughs> become a trending topic or whatever or we want to go go there but I feel like if if they if the Bengals can win uh, at some point, maybe cuddle them picks will become the new F them picks. There you go. Okay. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... Real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Uh, So San Francisco wins last night. And uh, before we get to Mo to kind of talk a little bit more about the uh, schedule as a whole and kind of the the expectations for this season, the expectations for this week are now here you go. Angry angry Niners coming home after back-to-back road losses. They lose in Cleveland. They lose uh, to Minnesota 22 to 17. And this from Matt Barrow's piece says, Kyle Shanahan noted that by the time the 49ers get back to the facility on Tuesday, they'll have just five and a half days to prepare for a Cincinnati Bengals team that's coming off its bye and, quote, who has been waiting for us a little bit. <laughs> and so you get – you get. I mean, they know – and it's a wild thing. I, I have actually – you know, I probably need to just ask somebody at Sports Information with Elias or or somewhere – because I got as far as far as looking at teams coming off the bye going on the road, but I couldn't find like there's just no way to filter team coming off a bye going on the road against a team that played on a short Monday night football week. How many <laughs> times has this happened, right? Where you go with this big of a rest differential? I don't know. Kind yeah. of paging Warren Sharp, I guess, on that one. He's our rest <laughs> differential expert in the NFL landscape, but um it's it's very rare. So I've got some I've got some stats as far as I did go on this though. Uh since 2019, 38 teams have had a bye week and then gone on the road versus a team with a winning record. Uh against the spread, those teams are 14-23 and 1. And their winning record is 11-26 and 1. It has not been good. Hmm. Um which is a really interesting number. And the further back you go, actually, the worse uh, those. If you take the winning record part out, it's it's even worse. Uh, yeah. You end up at twenty four and forty against the spread, which are wild numbers against spreads, uh, which are normally straight up down the middle. Um, and so, just a, a, a little a little food for thought there. Um, so San Francisco has has been pretty good in those spots. Of course, they're 14 and 6 against the spread at home the last 2 years, 15 and 5 overall. The interesting part about that thing, while teams have struggled in that spot, Dave, 
the Bengals are one of the winners the last two years and coverers the last two years um, with really big wins over the, the course of their season. When we looked back, we pinpointed yeah. these two in a lot of ways. I mean, 21, that win at Vegas coming off the bye, that was close, but they grinded out a win and ended up blowing it open at the end, 32 to 13, was a really big win in the course of their season. Yeah. And the same thing at Pittsburgh last year. They put up 37 points against a good Pittsburgh defense that had T.J. Watt back, and it was the famous Joe Burrow, we the big dogs, right, where it felt like they gained their confidence uh, that carried them a long way after that game. So, it, you know, I sort of asked Zach Taylor about that specifically yesterday, and he said, you know, it's it, until you pinpointed those games for me, I, I wouldn't even have thought about those specifically, but – He's like, you know, I, I just think there is a thing where I go back to the character of this team where they handle buys the right way. They come back with the right attitude. They, they're they good at regaining focus that way. And that's been a part of this team through the years. And he thinks maybe that's why they've been so good uh, coming out of the buy in these big spots uh, the last two seasons. Well, I think if you're going to get the Niners, I think now's the time to do it. I think the knock on them has been whether Purdy is – legit or not and he looks so great to start the year the last two games he's not looked great and I think this is a Lou Anarumo game if the Bengals are going to win it if he can scheme and make Purdy look like he has lately uh, the Bengals can take this game because that team looks really vulnerable when that offense starts getting sluggish as, as talented as they are um, granted they were missing some guys last night but uh, it's a winnable game I think if you if you can get to Purdy and and make him make mistakes and, you know, we'll get a lot more into this uh, in the preview episode later this week. But, I mean, we'll see what happens with Trent Williams. But it's such a big difference mm-hmm. when he's not out there at left tackle. But really, yeah. Debo Samuel, I mean, sets off. You know, Brock Purdy's limitations are offset by guys like Debo Samuel, yeah. obviously Christian McCaffrey, because you can just get yak. You can just throw underneath yep. and let these guys go off. And that's so much of their offense without Debo. It really shines how mm-hmm. they struggle to get things going a little bit. And then as big as Trey Hendrickson has been for this team's pass rush, not saying he's been the only guy they've certainly, we saw it last in the last game against Seattle. I mean, they all kind of ate a little bit, but Hendrickson has been so good. Well, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk more with Lombardi about the, you know, Trent Williams status, mm-hmm. but you know, Trent Williams kind of shutting Hendrickson down could be a big part of that game too. And, you know, it's going to be certainly uh, an uphill slog for anybody, Trey Hendrickson or otherwise, against Trent Williams because he's yeah, no doubt. So, so we'll see what happens with that. On that note, uh, let's bring in our guy from ESPN fifteen thirty, Mo Egger. Mo, what's up? I had to unmute myself. Hi, hi. It's like the beginning of the pandemic times. Where, yeah. How do we nicely say, um, "Excuse me, you're on mute." Yeah, a lot of people have wanted to mute me, so. <laughs> well, I don't. Oh, I, I don't. I actually want to turn you up a little bit. Oh, okay? boy. Yeah. yeah. So here's where I'm going to. I did the we did the trade deadline conversation last week and we got philosophical <clears throat> and, and there's plenty of time to fill about that, which is really, you know, a, a columnist or sports talk guys dream yes. uh, topic. So yes. I'm not going to I'm not going to go there. We've already done it. Sorry. We'll have plenty of time. I'm sure we'll talk about it at more line from three to four today. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so but I want to go to is I, I wanna I wanna look at the schedule, not the schedule the rest of the way, but really the resetting of expectations and your view. You know, we just saw a big weekend for the AFC North. Mm-hmm. And and this task that the Bengals put themselves a little behind the eight ball on with the way they slowly started the season <laughs> looks much harder now when you see, oh. Here's Baltimore rounding into shape. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland are grinding out wins, deserved or not, uh, and and staying ahead of you in the standings. Your schedule looks brutal. The f- next four games, three of those teams are in the top two tiers uh, of the league, um, at least what have been, for whatever that's worth. I mean, after this past week, I don't know what the hell you expected to tell anymore <laughs> week to week. I mean, it, it's like... You talk to people, you're like, God, if you were trying to predict any of this stuff, oh, God bless the betters, the house, you know, Vegas, the houses, yeah, the, the bet MGMs <clears throat> of the world feeling good after last weekend. But all of that said, you know, has your expectation or your view of 
what needs of the rest of the season changed from number one home field throughout, right? Win three straight AFC North titles to, all right, how are we going to sneak on in? Yeah. Right? Like, has it changed for you when you look now at this reset version of the back half of the season? To a degree, yes. Um, Tony Pike and I crossed teams off yesterday. And in in terms of their ability to make the postseason in the AFC. So, and we might have done this prematurely, but we were willing to cross off everybody in the AFC West who's not Kansas City. We were willing to cross off everybody in the AFC South who's not Jacksonville. We crossed off the Patriots. We did not cross off anybody else in the North. And we cro- we did not cross off either the Jets or obviously Miami and Buffalo. So, you know, all right, to win the division, what's it going to take? Well, I think 11 will do it. The Bengals team that I've watched so far can't go 8-3 and three the rest of the way. Their three most difficult games are on the road, San Francisco, Baltimore, and Kansas City. If they win one of those, are there seven wins elsewhere against a crew of teams that includes twice against Pittsburgh, the return matchup against the Browns, the Bills? I, I have a hard time, and if you say, well, they lose all three, then – the math is almost impossible. Now, if you want to go, Mo, they're going to win two of those three games. Things are a little bit different, but still the, the math. Okay. 11 does it. Can they get to 11? I don't think so. Could 10 do it? Yes. Probably involves a tiebreaker, which means you have to beat Baltimore head to head. Do you want to have to beat Baltimore head to head? The team I watched the other day. No. Now the, the Baltimore thing for me, you know, two weeks ago, Folks were talking about San Francisco running the table, right? After what they did, because they were so impressive against a good Dallas team and they haven't won since. So I'm a, I'm a little bit wary of like, oh, here come the Ravens because I bet you they win like 1917 against Arizona on Sunday. That's just how this league works. So, okay. Can they get to 10? Maybe that means going seven and four. Um, Does nine do it? Nine could get them in nine. Got the dolphins in last year, if I'm not mistaken. So that means uh, is nine going to be good enough in a group of teams that includes whoever doesn't win the East between Miami and Buffalo, the Jets, and the other two AFC North teams? Again, could come down to tiebreakers. That doesn't play in their favor right now if it's a head-to-head matchup against Cleveland. I'm not probably making any sense, but yeah, I've recalibrated my expectation. Coming into the season, it was, let's get the one seed. Now, it's uphill battle to win the division. And we might just have to settle for get to the playoffs and see what sort of shape the team is in. I think they can do that. I I think they can get to 10, but if you're going to tell me it's going to take 11, I'm not there. Here's the thing. And why I bring this up is I feel like the expectations for what this team can be are, are not reset yet, but they have fallen into this defining stretch for them being a real team Mm -hmm. okay because you can say all right get to nine and sneak in and see how it goes that is not a team that's going to win the super bowl i i Mm -hmm. I, we you've seen crazy runs happen before right that's great hey burrow gets hot whatever they figure it out okay if, if they have if they go six and five over the next 11 like they're not good enough all right. They're not mm-hmm. good enough to do what you want them to do and what the season is about. So who cares? All right. Congrats. You made the tournament. Raise a banner. All right. <laughs> so the point is, this is the stretch. When you talk about San Francisco amongst the favorites to be in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. Buffalo, a team that's obviously all over the place, but everybody admits has the talent to be a real Super Bowl contender and has looked like one, maybe as more so as anybody in certain stretches this season. And and at Baltimore, who clearly looks like a Super Bowl contender and the class of the North right now, are three or next four games with a pesky Houston team thrown in the middle. This is your stretch. Yep, this is your stretch to decide whether your expectations for this season are be a real team, be a force, enter with a real shot at the thing or sneak on in and, and maybe have to see if you can win a game in the playoffs before you run into somebody better than you. They've got to be that team. Now they got to start being that team today. And that means beating the real teams. 
Um, we kind of we kind of inched into this topic before the bye, talking about Seattle into mm-hmm. this little stretch. And I think it really applies now. It is set up for you as the North is starting to pull itself away and become that thing. You got to keep up and you got to do it by being the team you were supposed to be from the beginning of the year against the class of the NFL. So that means whether it's three and one against this group or two and two at the very least, you have to start to show who you are against the best teams in the league or else reset the expectations into one that probably, you know, includes maybe crossing you off in the Super Bowl conversation. Doesn't it feel, though, that it really just comes down to Sunday? Like, think of the the dramatic differences in how we're going to talk about the season if they go to San Francisco and win versus if they go there and lose. If they win that game, I promise you, that Buffalo game's not going to look so scary. And yes, they're probably going to beat Houston. And then, you know, let's take our chances in Baltimore. If they lose this one, you know, just start doing the math. And now the the Buffalo game is going to be framed as much more difficult. And you have to win that one. And do you want to have to beat the Buffalo Bills in prime time? I I just, I, I feel like in a weird way, it comes down to Sunday. Like that's possibly the most difficult game of the season. And again, it maybe doesn't look quite as imposing now as opposed to two weeks ago. It's still going to be an extraordinarily difficult task. I think the wild card with this whole thing is like, how are they using the buy? Like, I think there's this hope, maybe not expectation, but they'll come out of the buy and like fresh start, flip the switch. Here we go. Maybe that happens. But the team that I watched over the first six weeks, it's a dicey proposition to expect them to go to San Francisco and win and beat the Ravens on the road and beat Buffalo in between and fend off. You went with pesky. I was going to go with plucky. Yeah. Um, Houston team. I I just, I I feel like this, it's going to come down to Sunday. Like if they're going to have a successful season, the launching point is going to be the game in Santa Clara. And if they don't, we're going to go, God, they came out of the bye healthy season starting here a week whatever it is, week eight, and they fell flat on their face and got outclassed by a better team, and they never really could completely recover. I, it, maybe that's not a fair way of looking at it, but I, it just the, the difference with the way the division is playing out where you've got to now play catch-up against everybody, four and three versus three and four feels massive. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. And in part because of the caliber of team. If they beat San Francisco, all right, you cross that off. That's arguably your most difficult game left this season. You start to look at the schedule a little bit differently. Let let me tell you what it'll what the uh, you know people love doing this the uh, Monday's storylines on Friday right Oh we, yeah you like that sure you like that? Uh, I can tell you what I can tell you in fact I may schedule this tweet okay. to be either made fun of is that what everyone will say if the Bengals win look here they come right they've won four of five. Yep. They've won three in a row since Burrow could do a you know the electric slide at a wedding. I'll say it. That'll and be my show on Monday. Yes, they've won the three. I mean, three in a row since Burrow's been healthy. It's what everyone yes. will say. They signature win right there. Yes. here they are. Yes, across country, out of the bye. Same thing as the last couple of years. Yes, big win coming out. Here they go. Here come the Bengals. They're real. And who knows? Maybe Baltimore loses to Arizona or something, and only a game out. And, right, and off you go. And all, and they're a real team now. Everyone's gonna say it. Uh, if they can go win this game and that's how it will feel. Um, and, and that's just the reality of the situation. And, and it's, you know, they were five and four the last two years. And I hate, I feel like I'm doing so much comparing to the last two years. And that's like, that's not, you know, doing it the way they've done it the last couple of years is not really sustainable to think that you're right. going to get that hot. But this is the time of year that good teams round into shape and the Bengals have rounded into shape this time the last couple of years. I mean, look at San Francisco, even if we're talking about teams that were great at the end, rounded into shape last year. They lost two games back-to-back. They lost to Kansas City on October 23rd, and they never lost again until the NFC Championship game when everybody got hurt last year. The good teams now start rounding into shape. Some of them do it, even with additions at the deadline, if you're allowed to do that. But Ooh. we're not going to do that. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. But the good teams find themselves now. Are the Bengals a good team or are they just a team hanging on to previous good teams? Are, are uh, you know, contenders, contenders versus pretenders? 
Oh, oh let's yes. break that out. Let's contenders. go contenders for tenders. Wow. So, so like, because they're going to go to San Francisco and play the 49ers, fool's gold. Like if, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. There it is. But it's true. Like if, true. if, if they win this game, everything you just said is going to be what we all repeat. And, and I, I will buy into, you know, barring like, well, they won, but you know, eight guys got hurt. Hey, they have one four out of five. They've put the calf thing behind them. They've put the 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 janky start behind them. And you know, yeah, it's it's one thing to win a couple of games at home, but God, you know what? They went to San Francisco. That's a real team with a real coach, bona fide NFC title contenders. They go there and they won as five and a half point dogs. And now they're coming home for the next two. And that Buffalo game, you know, I, I don't think there's a weirder team right now in the league than the Bills. They've got a bunch of injuries on defense. They're going to be favored for that game. They'll be favored for the, the Houston game. And so, yes, then it's going to be, here we go. There was there was some of that after Seattle. Now, not for us, because, uh, you know, we we walked away from that game going, thank God that the uh, defense rose to the occasion in the red zone, but holy crap, that offense has to be fixed. But four out of five and beating San Francisco, now it's going to feel like game on. Here we go. Lose that one. And it's going to be, look, this team could still sneak in, but they're they're not on the same level as the the elite in the NFL. And that wasn't the idea at the beginning of the season. The, the idea at the beginning of the season was the Bengals are among the elite, and they should be talked about as being on the short list of teams that are bona fide title contenders. That talk goes away, at least for quite a while, if uh, they don't win on Sunday. And you hate to put that much on that game, right? Like when when schedule release happens, we all do the win, win, loss, win. And we're all going, okay, get to five and one at the bye. Then that San Francisco mm-hmm. game, that's probably going to be the first time all year long they're underdogs. And then if you lose that one, you've built a cushion. They have no cushion. The division's good. They have to win this game on Sunday. I, I hate framing it that way, but I don't know how I'm wrong. I don't think it's – I mean, is you should start ending every point that you make that way. I don't know how I'm wrong. I don't know how I'm wrong. Uh, do that my, with my wife. Yeah. I I just think you know it, it's it's a team. Sanford, it's not like you can't recover. I don't I don't I think there are ways that you're wrong here. I mean, mm. you, you you can you can easily beat the Bills in prime time and Houston, and then what is it? Five and four again. Oh here, boy, here they go, five and four again, and then you have a chance to go play a game at Baltimore, and that becomes your okay. Have to win this one. I don't know how I'm wrong, and that and that's true. But you put mm-hmm. so much on that, and let me just point out, this is the other side of the Baltimore chasing them down. If you you're really talking about winning the North mm-hmm. piece, you have to go to Baltimore. Yeah, on a short week in prime time. I, I talked about this last year when the Bengals got dealt all those uh, AFC North prime times on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I went through these numbers then. They only got worse last year. Um, since 2019, AFC North road prime time record 2-10, and 10, including 4-8 <laughs> and eight against the spread. Even worse, road Thursday night AFC North games since 2016, 0-5 division teams are in those games. Uh, the only cover in that game was the Bengals backdoor and Burrow's second game ever at Cleveland. Uh, you know, where he had a three way through a million passes and everyone was like, we're not going to kill this guy, are we? And, <laughs> but that, that's it. I mean, that is the, that game to me is the ultimate dealt a bad hand game. A great Baltimore team, short week, Thursday night, primetime in division is the toughest thing on their schedule. The idea of putting that, you know, having to do that, mm-hmm. and they, and if you want to talk about winning the division, they may have to do that. Yeah, um, you know, that's hard enough. Okay, so and no one's saying any of this is easy. I mean, they have the entire AFC playoff picture on their schedule mm-hmm. outside of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so they yeah. have carved themselves out a high degree of difficulty. But now is the time to show that you can do it. And, and be that team, uh, I think it's a huge stretch. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. 
Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, let's, so we, we've covered that. We've established that no, you know, Mo's Mo can't be wrong. And I like that, which is an important <laughs> shift into our segment. I, I'm begin- Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Are we belaboring the aliens bit? Is it getting to be a little much? Are you kidding me? Okay. Somebody, somebody has to No, it would be a bit much <laughs> if people cared. The, the, okay. the idea of the bit is. We basically have confirmation there have been aliens and no one yeah, cares. No one cares. So, so, so if we have to belabor it, then that's us. I want people okay. to start caring again. And then when they do, I'll go, well, I'll leave it alone. I'm well, trying to inform the public. We have aliens. Yes. Okay. So, we have ufologists who have confirmed biological yes. <laughs> remains of aliens. And we're just shrugging our shoulders. What a statement about the times that we're in. Well, if they don't care now, they will after this. Goldie Hawn was on a podcast. <laughs> Why? Uh, and Vanity Fair <laughs> has written a story about what she had to say. Uh-huh. Because Goldie Hawn, the headline, Goldie Hawn knows that aliens have touched her face. Excellent headline writing, by the way. Credit. Okay. Credit to Vanity Fair on that. On a podcast called Time to Walk, uh, she detailed her meeting, her face-to-face meeting with aliens. Uh, where she was 20 years old uh, and filming some movie out near the desert in California. Cactus Flower. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You, yeah. I sent it to you. Uh, so <laughs> to the city that's very close to the desert, she's careful to note, exhausted from dance rehearsals, Han asked a friend if she could take a nap in his car, a decision that still baffles her to this day. Quote, I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I didn't just lie down on the bleachers. But after getting into the car to sleep, quote, I got this high-pitched sound in my ear. It was a high, high frequency. That's when she looked out the window. Quote, I saw these two or three triangular-shaped heads, Han recalls. recalls. There, they were silver in color. Slash for a mouth, tiny little nose, no ears. They were pointing at me, pointing at me in the car as if they were discussing me like I was a subject. And they were droning. Throughout her encounter with the two or three silver-headed creatures, she was unable to move her body. Han says, quote, I was paralyzed and I thought, oh my God, I want to get up. I didn't know if it was real or not real. Eventually, Han was able to, quote, burst out of it. Uh, quote, it was like bursting out of a force field. She recounts, of course, I go back to all the kids and stuff. And I went, oh, my God, I think I made contact with outer space. My question to you, do we believe Goldie Hawn? I want to. I want to. I like Goldie Hawn. I like Wildcats. I like, like, like Kate Benjamin. Hudson. Yeah. Like Kate Hudson. <laughs> like Bird on a Wire. Like like Goldie Hawn. <clears throat> I'm skeptical. Yeah, it was it, it was it was the '60s. Um, they were in the desert. It no feels pay- a little hallucinogenic. No, no peyote. No peyote was involved. <laughs> so I want to believe Goldie Hawn. I want to add this to the list of of credible folks, including our our guy in Mexico who testified in front of Congress that he's got like he owns the alien remains. I, I want to add Goldie. I, I just this this strains credibility. Now, if you're the podcast host, you're just like nodding along like, OK, hey, hold that thought. We have to get in a read for a uh, sleep number bed. Like what? You don't challenge that? Like, wait a minute, yeah. Goldie. OK, so you're in the desert. You're making a movie with Walter Matthau. And, and now you're uh, aliens are dancing on your face like it just goes unchallengeable. So I have major, major questions. I now have to listen to the podcast. I'm just going to say that this seems like a reflection of the times. Uh, and and the era that Goldie was sort of coming up in, and the locale, and I'm, has anybody else confirmed this? Was anybody? No, with, she was like, just asleep in a car near the desert, in her in her buddy's car in the desert. Like, yeah, eh. I'm I'm gonna say that there were external forces in play here that may have influenced her, her experience and her memory of that experience. And we're and you're not sharing that like immediately, right? 
Goldie Hawn, I mean, that's 50 <laughs> plus years ago, right? Goldie Hawn has been in the public eye since. She's been on 8 billion talk shows. At no point sitting next to Letterman or Carson or God knows whoever did she think, you know what? I'm going to tell the pre-interview people about the time I encountered aliens in the desert sleeping in some dude's car. They're like, look, her, 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 you know, her agent's like, look, Goldie, we really need some buzz for your movie. You are tanking for a decade now. You've got to do something. Do you have anything that can really get people to pay attention to your spot on Carson? You never were like, saw three triangular shaped aliens one time. Would that do the trick? Yeah, right. Nobody's going to say no to that. Till now, till, hold on. Right. Till the, uh, hold on. Uh, what's it? What's the pod time to walk podcast on Apple fitness plus. Yeah. Nobody challenges her. Yeah. I, I'm, I want to add her name to the list of credible folks who are confirming the existence of, of uh, extraterrestrial life. This, this isn't what I'm going to go with. This isn't like this, this, this isn't helping the cause. We don't need crazy people. (laughs) If we're, if we're trying to get folks to care about the fact that we have Scientists who are, I guess they're scientists, scientists confirming the existence of alien life forms. We don't need some loon who hasn't made a good movie in 25 years, who was probably all banged up on peyote or God knows what, uh, talking about how uh, aliens danced on her face. But no, that's that's not that's they did not, not helpful. dance on her face. See, now you're now you're not doing it any service. No, okay? that's that's that she is not helping the cause here. You are. Okay. She's probably she probably has the best of intentions. She's not helping the cause here. Go make Wildcats 2. Go make uh, First Wives Club 2 or Bird on the Wire 2. I'll just name all Private Benjamin 2. Go go make one of those. Uh, I would just like this is a great time to point out that Dave and I had a bet before the show whether you would mention Wildcats or not. And it was like almost the first word out of your mouth. It's a great football movie. (laughs) Like the football movie of my youth. In the 80s, you had all these awesome yeah. baseball movies, and then, like, all right, Goldie Hawn steps in and fills the void as, a, as like, a, a female high school coach, and it was great. We continue to be your number one source for Alien Bits news and 80s and 90s movie references in the sure. podcast space. No one's better. I would like Kate Hudson's thoughts on this. Like, they're no cool, right? This isn't one of those Hollywood deals where she doesn't talk to her mom anymore, right? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I, I, maybe we'll try to get Kate Hudson on the show. Next week on Hear That Podcast Growling. All right, Mo. I'll see you this afternoon on ESPN 1530 from 3 to 4. This is so much better than, like, your Chiefs counterpart has to talk about Taylor Swift for eight minutes a week. So, you know, this is better than that. Yeah, we're winning. We're winning. There's no no question. question. No question. All right, Mo. We'll see you later. See you guys. Thanks. Mo Egger, ESPN 1530. Uh, As we continue to be the source for all things aliens and 80s and 90s movie references, Dave. Dave, chalk it up. You knew it. Yeah. You I'm, knew Wildcats was coming. He not only brought it up once, he suggested a sequel, which yeah. gets me really excited. <laughs> bring back Wesley Snipes. Bring back Woody. Bring back Bubba from Forrest Gump. Oh, The whole crew. The whole crew. Hey, I, I think I might have had an alien in my attic this past week. What? But it was a raccoon. Oh. why didn't you chime in yeah big props to dusty from pinpoint extermination who came (laughs) out and took care of it he was great the life in anderson township raccoons in the attic yeah i was gonna say maybe uh anybody that wants to be a if you want to be a future sponsor of this podcast maybe we can have (laughs) life in anderson township sponsored by dusty (laughs) from uh pinpoint extermination yeah well done dude what does he show up with like, what are the tools of the trade for when there's oh. a raccoon in the attic? Well, he's way more brave than I am because he just went up there. You know, I would. You ever see that? Here we With go. Nothing in his hands. Yes. You ever see the movie Saving Silverman? Oh, of course. <laughs> that Come movie reference. Let's go. Yeah. I'm picturing Steve Zahn <laughs> with that that tranquilizer gun. Uh, no tranquilizer gun. Dusty just goes in like a like the Navy SEAL of extermination and. Uh, just identifies the problem, tells me what's going on, puts a trap up there, tells me he's going to be back. It was it was interesting. I no, no way I'm going up there without something no. in my hand. Well, and and not to drag this out, but this whole thing started with a 7:30 a.m. wake up call for the wife and myself of something thundering around in the attic. That's when I thought it might be <laughs> aliens. 
after that, the uh, the attic panel just falls out from the ceiling. Mm. So we're like Shaggy and Scooby inching down the hallway, waiting for something to jump out at us. I'm just glad it wasn't Paranormal Activity or Poltergeist from more movies from the past. I didn't have to bring that woman in to exercise my demons. It was just a raccoon. Uh, when we first bought our house uh for the first like three months we would just hear all kinds of weird pitter pattering like it sounded like behind the walls in the living room yeah and turns out there was like a hole up underneath the like roof gutter area where squirrels were just getting into our walls and running around (laughs) come to find out that was a, a a you know a bit of a wake up call uh, <laughs> it's like, what do you do when squirrels are in your walls? You call like, Dusty. That's what you do. You, you call Dusty. That's right. We had, we had our version of the the Oakley Dusty came out <laughs> and took care of those squirrels, and I had to put a little cage on the hole or like a little cover, a little mesh cover. Uh, I was like, look, I'm not going to pay $200 to put some crappy mesh cover up underneath this gutter. I can do it. Let me tell you how nervous I was on that ladder, <laughs> putting the mesh cover up, wondering if a squirrel's about to run out and jump in my face. Yeah. Not yeah. good. Uh, okay. Dave, I left this section open as uh, if you have any editor's notes or questions for me. Do you do you have anything, or uh, or do you just want to call it a day and and, and figure? I, out? I'm going to throw something out that's one of those annoying things we never hear the end of in football right now, like Taylor Swift, like National Tight Ends Day. I'm glad mm. they could bring that up eight thousand times this weekend, and appropriate the Bengals weren't playing because <laughs> they really shouldn't be a part of that. Yeah, but we just keep hearing about the tush push, oh, the boy. brotherly shove. And my question to you, we could do it. We could do it as a run, pass, or boot, if that helps you. Okay. Will we ever see the Bengals do the tush push? And your your answers will be, they'll do it and succeed. They'll do it and get Joe Burrow hurt. <laughs> they'll never do it. Uh, okay. Good run, pass, or boot. Uh, I will say, I will run with they'll never do it. Right. I just don't. I mean, I love that Minnesota came out last night and was like, all right, here we go. Touch push. <laughs> Anybody can do this. All right. Yeah. And the first time, like Fred Warner decapitates Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and they tried a second time and get a false yeah. start. And it's like, okay, 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 okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe this wasn't as easy as everybody <laughs> thought it was. Okay. Uh, I would say I'm running with never. Uh, right. I will pass on do it and succeed i think they they could do it and succeed i could see yeah. them giving it a shot maybe um and, and i'll boot they do it in burrow gets hurt that's <laughs> a little morbid and yeah. uh yeah. but you know that's just it that's why people don't want to do it by the way is what fred yeah. warner did last night yeah look i don't need people flying like superman at my quarterback's head yeah okay just because we're trying to get a yard yeah so and i you you kind of have to have you have to have Jason Kelsey and you have to have the quads of Jalen Hurts to really do it right every time. And there's nothing wrong with just a regular old, a regular quarterback sneak. Brock Purdy did it last night. Just got the yards. Didn't I, you know, one, I think I've talked about it. One thing I like about how the Bengals have utilized the quarterback sneak is they like to sneak it on second yeah. down. Yeah, and get it in before the, the you're waiting for it on third. And that's when you get such a high success rate. Some of those, all right, I know people. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I go back to last year where it was like we spent a lot of time talking about in short yardage, and they have had short yardage issues about being in the shotgun mm-hmm. uh, when you need an inch, and that gets people mad. There, there are there is value in that, but you've got to look. You, you've it. It doesn't matter whether you're getting your tush pushed or you're in the <laughs> shotgun or you're doing a regular other sneak. You need movement. Yeah. Like if you can't move the guy in front of you, you're not going to get it. If you can, you're going to get it. Yeah. All right. Now the shotgun gives you more options to go different directions and one guy can lose and you don't lose totally. There's plenty of, you need movement. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then you deserve to lose because that's how you do win or lose. So I like that. Good, good question. Well done. I'll take a good brotherly shove. Um, <laughs> the chance to, we've talked about, Tushes, dupas, and asses already. <laughs> Look a at new us. theme. A new theme. A new theme. We're we're adding another one. See, it's piling on. 
Uh, okay. Is that? Do you have any more, or is that the only no, one? No, no, that's, that's what I had. I just, okay. We we never have to talk about the tush push again. Yes. We we've checked it off the list. Let's hope not. Yeah, let's, let's hope, hope not. not. Um, so let's go. And there's no Bengals growler bet to review from the weekend. I didn't do any bye week. Um, although maybe I should have done a growler bet. It was how many times will a man go from a four point stance to jumping over top of another <laughs> tall human to block a field goal? And if your answer was one, you would have won. Unbelievable. Uh, Miles Garrett is a lunatic. Talk about yeah. something that we should have mentioned him as an alien to Low. Yeah. Which is yeah. your joke from before we started, which I should give you credit for. <laughs> it would have been another half hour, though. You're so. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, that was it was a, a wild, wild weekend watching Cleveland and the awful officiating at the end of that game. Terrible. Just. I don't care who you're if you're rooting, and obviously Bengals yeah. fans were rooting for the Colts there. It's every week there is some just god awful call that costs a team a game. Every week yeah. there's one. And it's like at some point, there's just it has to get better. It can't be the and I know that we can slow it down and we can watch the Exmo replays and all this stuff, which fine. Like to me, that's more like look, be able to review everything and have it all be challengeable. And that keeps it, you know, add to the things you can challenge if that's yeah. what this is about. Because you just can't, you can't that that was that play. Is first of all, wasn't even really a legal contact. Second of all, w- did it happen before the guy threw the ball? Third, it's not in the spirit of the rule. Like, yeah. what happened out there while while the quarterback is getting blown up to end the game is not what that rule is even about. Right, right. It was terrible, terrible. So I just, I, I just hate when so often we end up with officiating being the story of the game, and we gotta. You know, go to Gene Steratore with 15 seconds left. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's, it's brutal. Um, all right. Arby's to wrap us up. Um, I have one and it's sort of along the lines of what we were just talking about. So when Dave, the bye week is, is, is one that I really enjoy for a number of reasons, but one of them being one of my favorite things about football as a whole is like all of you. I, I love sitting back and you watching red zone. Yeah, on a Sunday, and I rarely get to do that covering the club where you're. You know, most of the games are just you just can't really do that. Sit on your couch, have a couple pops, watch some football all day, and and have a great day. It doesn't happen very often for me. So I was so I look forward to that. Now, you know, we mentioned I had a birthday last week, and so mm-hmm. uh, my folks were going to come up on Sunday. And I said to my mom and dad, I said, "Look, come on up." And you know, well, I love watching football with my with with my folks. So you guys can play with the grandkids. We'll watch some football, and uh, it'll be great. And I, but I, I got as a birthday gift to myself. I got myself this shed. Yeah, I bought a shed. And one of these, like it's not like a, and not like one of these people that have like the house sheds in their backyard <laughs> with windows and like yeah. window baskets and and all kinds of stuff and you know, siding. I mean, it's just like one of these bad metal sheds. And so I buy it and on the front of the instruction cover in like the first couple of reviews says takes two people an hour to an hour and a half to put together. Manageable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds perfect. You know what? Come on over around like 1231 o'clock. <laughs> Knock it out. Knock watch it out. Football. Watch the second half and the four o'clock window. Some football. It'd be perfect. You know what it didn't take? (laughs) And I have never, by an hour and a half, we were still like trying to put the first wall on. (laughs) I have never seen such a misrepresentation of the time it takes to put something together as this shit. I currently, after a day's, almost a day's worth of work, we got the dinner time and it was like the sun's going down. (laughs) <laughs> I have a half-built shed with no roof or front door currently in my backyard. Man. And this is not like, look, my dad is Mr. Handy. Like he can do anything. Yeah. You know, we're working together on it. This was not some inept operation. Okay. 
I am so mad at the people that wrote that sentence on the front <laughs> of the instruction booklet. They stole my red zone day away from me. Oof. They stole my a whole day of watching football, essentially, because once you start, it's like, well, let's just finish it. Because I don't even know when we're going to put the roof on this thing. I'm going to spend the whole – it's going to snow inside of my shed <laughs> all winter Man. because I because we couldn't get this thing together. At some point, we're going to have to do it. I just cannot believe they had the gall to claim <laughs> that anyone can do it that fast. Yeah. It's ridiculous. They are wow. lying liars. And they know you're you're prone to the raccoons as long as there's no roof on there. So I'll I'll have Dusty ready for you. I don't need any raccoons because they're just going to be out. In That's the true. Open. They're just in my yeah. backyard. I mean, there's just nothing going in and out. In. Yeah. Do what they want. We do Horrible. have raccoon issues. Actually, they get in my garbage all the time and spread all my wrappers all around the back. I have to like, that's, put the bungee that, cord over top. That's actually me, Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. We did have some. Yeah, we did have some pretty good baked goods in there last week. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Thanks everybody for listening to this enlightening uh, edition <laughs> of Hear That Podcast, Gralid. Uh, we will be back again a little bit later. Uh, we'll be posting. So we can have our uh, special guest on this week. I'm looking forward to you finding out who that is. And uh, it should be a fun preview. Uh, David Lombardi covers the 49ers for us as well, giving us the insight from all things in San Francisco. Uh, But for now, we'll talk to you later. Have a good one, everybody.